0: Hey, good morning. Happy Super Bowl Sunday. I have no uh, power to give you this, but I still think this should be a national holiday, so take tomorrow off. (laughs) Just do it. Hey, it's been a good series and much needed, it would seem to me, in a new year and a stress filled life in which we live. And um, we've been working through a number of passages, including uh, an ongoing look at. some passages in Philippians and I want to read a little section from that this morning to kick off finally brothers and sisters whatever is true whatever is noble whatever is right whatever is pure whatever is lovely whatever is admirable if anything is excellent or praiseworthy think about these things whatever you have learned or received or heard from me or seen in me put it into practice God of peace will be with you, always. Man, 2020 is just barely underway, and if you're like me, I'm just stunned at how many things have come our way already just in these last few weeks, both personally and, um, you know, just as the human race. So much pressure, so much anxiety, it's... uh, all the more it seems to me appropriate to kick the year off with the series that Jeff has chosen to pick and I think for us here in the greater New York City area that's especially true I mean we live in an incredibly fast-paced place, pressure-packed pressure, um, not that there isn't a lot of pressure in Cleveland or wherever you know what I mean but after 30 years I Still am amazed at how unique the culture up here is. 30 years ago, Amy and I were living in Philly, and I remember when we realized we were going to move up here, I remember saying to Amy, how different could it be in North Jersey? We had never been up here. Turns out it is, you know, and before Philly, I'd never set foot east of Chicago, never. Um, This is home. I love this, but if you've never lived anywhere else, maybe you don't know the fact that life is different up here. It's great. It's awesome. But it's like a strong cup of coffee in many ways. It's intense, and with intensity comes stress, and with stress comes anxiety. And sometimes anxiety can get the best of us. Sometimes it gets like that. Listen to these quotes I ran across this past week, getting ready to share a few thoughts with you this morning. Um, as people try to express their feelings of life in 2020, anxiety, wrote one, is like a knife stabbing you in the chest with each breath you take. Or this, social anxiety is like being trapped in a box and you can't scream for help because you're too scared someone will hear you or or this one. Living with anxiety is like being followed by a voice that knows all your insecurities and uses them against you. It gets to the point when it's the loudest voice in the room, the only one you can hear. Living with extreme anxiety is, is like getting hit with a wave. It's like, it's like being stuck in quicksand. It's like being in prison. It's like riding a roller coaster that's out of control. One 22-year-old riddled with extreme anxiety describes everyday life this way. My anxiety demands that I always have an escape route in my mind, no matter what, no matter what I'm doing. I'm at work and I think, worst case scenario, I can pretend to get a migraine and leave. I'm at a friend's house and I think, I can tell them I have a family emergency and just leave if I need to. Every single day, I have to convince myself just to function. Thinking worst case scenarios, pretending to be okay when you're not fabricating emergencies to get out of wherever you are, attempting just to function. Those are all indicators of of living life with extreme anxiety. And if that is you this morning, I want you to know that there is hope and the fact that you just can't live like that for very long. If that describes you this morning, I want to encourage you to seek out A seasoned trained professional to make the call that you know you need to make someone who's trained and knows what they're doing a pro who can walk you from where you are to where you need to be I want to encourage you to call Colleen or call me call Jeff and we will help you find the right person to walk you to where you need to be that that would be a phone call of courage and you need to do it. Now ultimately the struggle with anxiety is common to us all. You know to some degree it's common to us all as we search for ways to cope and some of those ways to try to manage to try to cope are very helpful. They do help. Counseling helps. Therapy, books, support groups. Some things that we turn to to cope in life, are nonsense. And they actually can make things worse, like astrology, uh, Eastern meditation, things like that, Christian cults, Christian science. For example, I remember I did a, uh, a term paper in seminary on Christian science, a classic Christian cult. Where in in essence, Mary Baker Eddy believed that nothing tangible really exists. Ultimately, I am a figment of your imagination. You know? Well, that's a nice thought when life is tough. Like just pretend like nothing's real. But the fact is, you know, life is real. Your problems and your challenges are real. You know that. And in, in the midst of the reality of life, when we struggle with either severe anxiety or a more subdued anxiousness about what the future holds, the good news is is that there is hope, you know? Hope in an anxious world. And in fact, it is possible to do more than just cope. I mean, who wants to just cope, you know? Um, We can thrive rather than just survive. And that's not just a, a catchphrase, that is a truth and a possibility in our lives as we live our lives in Christ. To go from a life of just getting by to a life of thriving, a life of chaos to a life of peace. That that journey is very possible as we put our hand in the hands of Jesus. And that's why this series is so important. Jeff has shared with us so far couple of important sort of the important stepping stones if we are to do more than just survive on this planet. If we're to thrive instead of just cope in this new year so far Jeff has shared with us two things are necessary. One is we need to immerse ourselves in scripture daily, intentionally, consistently. I don't know if you've run across Jeremiah 15:6. I've always Loved it. I think it's one of the quirky phrased verses. Maybe one of my favorite verses in the Bible. Jeremiah 15.6. Jeremiah 15.6. Hang on to that verse. Um, Jot it down somewhere or just remember that reference. Jeremiah 15.6. When your words came, and then here's the quirky part, I ate them. That's a good translation. I ate them. And then look what he says next. They were my joy. Your words, they were my heart's delight. For I bear your name, Lord God Almighty. To immerse ourselves continually and intentionally in Scripture. And then secondly, shared with us, we need to become and continue to be committed to living lives of prayer. Honest, expectant, relentless prayer. 30 years of being part of you, those two things have been true. You know, I noticed that right away 30 years ago coming in up here. And there's no pride in that, it just continues to be a fact. And I would also submit to you that that commitment to prayer and to scripture has percolated down into your children and your grandchildren. It has. And I get to see it firsthand. You know, prayer, scripture, it's just natural for us. It's just natural for our high school students to jump up and pray over each other in different schools and different... It just becomes second nature. And that's a good thing. Because it's key if we're to thrive and not just survive in this world. Now, you pursue scripture and prayer long enough and some things are going to happen big time. And one I want to submit to you this morning captured well in Romans 12 the first two verses. Romans 12 the first two verses identify a change that will will come upon you and come upon us as we pursue him through scripture and through prayer. I want to read it for you and especially I want to key in make a couple of comments on verse 2. This is Romans 12 1 and 2. Therefore I urge you brothers and sisters in view of God's mercy to offer your bodies as living sacrifices, holy, pleasing to God. This is your spiritual act of worship. And then here's verse 2, the key one this morning. Do not conform any longer to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then, then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing, pleasing, and perfect will, a renewed mind, a renewed mind. That's what I want us to kind of think about for a couple of minutes. What, what does it mean to have a renewed mind? It's the key, it would seem to me, to a fulfilled life emotionally, relationally, spiritually, uh, the key to a life of, of joy, and we all certainly hope for that. A renewed mind. The human mind is way more than just a physical brain. I mean, that's where it resides. But it's way more than just a physical mind. And by the way, have you ever seen a brain? I remember the time I did in a medical school. I was touring it, and there was like a human brain. It, it, I, I walked away from that like stunned. Like that. Is in my head. That's a brain, and I I realize all the more what a wonder the human mind is. You know, no offense to dogs and cats and giraffes and such, but what we're capable of doing with our hearts and our minds, especially in relation to a God who created all this, is mind-boggling. There is no one in all the universe. I'm convinced like you. You are uniquely positioned because he created you so to 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 have a relationship with the one who created all this and who created you. You are incredibly unique. And I would suggest that it is your heart and your mind and your soul that makes it that. Nowhere in the universe is there anyone like you like like us, like us humans walking this planet. Our mind is the center of who we are because it's there in our minds that we can relate to a holy and perfect God. Hebrews 8.10, I, God says, will put my laws in their minds and write them on their hearts. I will be their God and they, you, will be my people, God says. 1 Corinthians 2.16, but we we have the mind of Christ, we who have given our lives over to him. Isaiah 26, three, you will keep in perfect peace those whose minds are steadfast because they trust in you. Ultimately, our minds, our hearts are where we commune with God. Jesus nails it down when he's asked, what's the most important law of all? What's the most important thing of all, Jesus. And he says this, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. To love God with your heart, your soul, and your mind is why we're even here, you know? We love God. We love each other with our minds and our hearts. And it's in our minds that God wants to continually renew us. Renew is an interesting word. Re- Re, which means let's do it again. It's continual. It's a process. And new, new, means new. You know what I mean? It's like the opposite of old, you know? It doesn't mean fix. It doesn't mean repair. It doesn't mean Band-Aid. It doesn't mean patch it up. My first car spent a hundred bucks on, bought it from a friend of my dad. had 200,000 Minnesota miles on it, which means, of course, it was a rust bucket. It was a 1970 Ford station wagon. I loved it, but it was a mess. And so that summer, I put it out in my dad's backyard, had no clue what I was doing, bought a ton of fiberglass strips and the goo and paint. And when I was done, the thing looked pretty magical. I mean, it looked pretty awesome my dad's friend wanted it back for a hundred bucks you know but within six months it was way worse than it ever had been been before there were like it all deteriorated again and there were like strips of fiberglass trailing behind me down the road I didn't renew it I just patched it up you know what I'm saying and so a patch isn't going to work for you and for me but to renew something continually, making it brand new, the opposite of what it was before. What it was before is not, and now is. That's the imagery here that I want to, us to grapple with this morning. Then in fact, we don't have a re- repaired mind, a fixed mind, a bandaged up mind, but a renewed mind, and that can lead, a renewed mind can, and this is the point, to change behavior. Like we can launch into a whole new year here and do things differently than ever before as our minds are continually renewed. As our mind renews, it can lead to change behavior. It can lead to a fruitful life. And I wanna suggest this morning four, and there's certainly many others, but just a couple, four ways that a renewed mind can change things greatly as we go about our lives. First, a renewed mind can lead us into a much more disciplined life. Discipline is one of the central themes. It's a, a scripture. It, it appears a lot. Self-control, discipline. It appears a lot in the Bible. And discipline ultimately, and I've always loved this definition. I use it with our students a lot. They've heard me say this. Is Coming to the point in your life where you intentionally say no to the things you'd much rather say yes to. And yes to the things you'd much rather say no to. You know? And that list is unique to us all. I mean, some are obvious, but some not. I mean, for me, when I go to the gym and wake up in the morning before I go to the gym, I want to say no. Like, I can think of a thousand reasons why I want to say no but then I think of the reasons I should and even though I want to say no I say yes and at the end when I walk out I'm really glad I did you know what I'm saying I think it's that simple for the things that often we know we should say no to we don't and the things we should say yes to we don't and and to sort that out in the case of Romans 12 too, Paul calls us to say no to the patterns of this world now that's kind of nebulous sort of, until you really stop and think about it, the patterns of this world. And we know what he's referring to, the distractions, the temporal, the cultural junk food, you know? And that's all around us. And we've developed these delivery machines that deliver us cultural junk food beyond anything imaginable. And yet, in Paul's day, they struggled with it too. The distractions, the junk, the stuff that doesn't matter, let alone things that were evil and sinful. And then he says in Romans 12:2 that we are to, to say yes to the transformational way, the, the better way, the eternal, the good, pleasing and perfect. That's a, that's a really great trio of words that he ends with, the good, the pleasing. The perfect. The things that we may not initially be attracted to, but we develop a taste for. And I've always liked that phrase, you know? Um, I think of sermons, for example. I mean, I was a church kid. Dad was a choir director. It would have been unthinkable to go, "Eh, I think I'll not go to church today when I was a kid. But I would sit through these 25, 30-minute sermons of some guy up yapping away, going, you know? And yet, over time, I developed a taste for that. You know what I mean? It's one of the reasons I think our kids should be in church, to develop a taste for that, because there is some value to it. You, You know what I'm saying? And so, over time, to begin to develop a taste for the good, the pleasing, and the perfect, even though at first we may not want that, Living a disciplined life is easier said than done, but it is possible because ultimately it is a gift. It's not just sucking it up and doing it. God helps us in the course of it. And nowhere have I found a better explanation of that than 2 Timothy 1.7. Please, if you're around when I die, make sure that verse gets put on my tombstone because it has driven us as a student ministry and it's driven me personally. 2 Timothy 1.7, God didn't give you a spirit. Of, of timidity. You're no wimp getting pushed around like a feather in the wind. That's not you by the power of the Holy Spirit. He has given you a gift of, which is so different than saying, get your act together and do this. That's not what this verse says. It says he's given you a spirit of power, a spirit of love, and a spirit of self-discipline. And I would submit to you, and it's not the point of this message, and my clock on the back's already turned red, um, that those three need to be in operation with our students before they graduate out of here or they're in jeopardy, power, love, and self-control. The first fruit of a renewed mind is that we become freed up to live a more disciplined life. Secondly, a renewed mind leads us to different desires. He changes our desires. Listen to this verse from Ephesians 4. You were told that your foolish desires will destroy you and that you must give up your old ways of life with all its bad habits. That sentence is a load. But then look what he says next. Let the Spirit change your way of thinking and make you into a new person. You know this is really hard and darn near impossible. Submit yourself to the Spirit and let him give you different desires. God can change our desires And he will take us as we are and help us wake up. And sometimes he uses people in our lives who love us enough to help us wake up. And if you have someone like that who lovingly, privately says, come here, I need to tell you something. I would suggest, if it's the right person done the right way, that you and I listen, even though we don't want to, related to our appetites and the things that we chase after and pursue. In the end, Paul writes in 1 Corinthians 2.16 again, we have the mind of Christ. We can have the mind of Christ here. And so, as our minds are renewed, we're capable of living a more disciplined life. We're capable of experiencing a change of our desires. And then thirdly, a renewed mind leads us to a deeper fellowship within the body Christ and that's a beautiful thing when your mind is renewed and focused on God we naturally gravitate towards each other we're not an exclusive club here but we enjoy getting together not because it's Sunday but because we're attracted to the same things here and we know that together we will be more and more conformed into the image of Christ a little bit later in Romans 12 Paul writes we who are many are one body in Christ And individually, we are members of one another. That's you and me, not just on this planet, but forever in eternity. And then fourth, a renewed mind opens us to the work of the Holy Spirit. And as a result, we are way more likely and able to say yes to him. The Holy Spirit is the most powerful change agent there is. It's the ultimate mind renewer. He can take an anxiety-soaked mind and bring peace if we let him. Romans 8, for all who are led by the Spirit of God are sons and daughters of God. For you did not receive a spirit of slavery that returns you to fear, but you received the spirit of sonship, of being his daughter, by whom we cry, Abba, Father. Ephesians 4.23, be renewed in the spirit of your minds, and be and put on the new self created to be like god in true righteousness and holiness those promises those challenges can be ours and so a renewed mind can lead to a life of discipline to change desires to a deeper fellowship within the body of christ and a deeper opening to the work of the holy spirit in our lives may May you and I in this new year live a disciplined, godly, spirit-filled life with other believers. A disciplined, godly, spirit-filled life with fellow believers. And as we do that, the tail end of Romans 12, 2 can be realized. And take a look at that. There's two words that are repeated in the last sentence of Romans 12, 2. And I think it's the goal. Then, then, then... You will be able to test and approve what God's will is. His good, pleasing, and perfect will. You can know God's will for your life as he continually renews your mind. And as we pursue the things that I've mentioned here this morning. And how do you know God's will? I've always liked the imagery of a river. Like the Mississippi River, which starts as a little trickle up where I went to college in northern Minnesota. You can just kind of skip across it. But by the time you get to St. Paul or St. Louis, you better have a boat or a bridge. It's, it's unmistakable. It's there. It's huge. It's so obvious. And you stand in it, the river of God's will. And together as we do that, very probably the best is yet to come. Let's pray. Lord God, we thank you for all the ways that you take us where we're at and you continually renew us by the power of the Holy Spirit. May you do that in the days and weeks and months and this year that we have before us. May your will come here on earth in our lives as it already is in heaven. And we'll give you all the glory for that. In Christ's name, amen.